Hey guys, just a quick reminder that I'm performing in Vicar Street on September 17th, this Saturday, with Alison Spittle and Shane Daniel Byrne. It's going to be a live podcast. It's going to have Moonshore Ragnarok Part 2, where we're going to have some crazy stories of times teachers fucking flip the lid. If you have a crazy story about a school trip or something mad that happened in school, do send it to me uh, at Tony Horror on Instagram or Tony Campbell Comedy at gmail.com. Do send them in and they'll be read out live on stage. Another note is that I didn't record the video for this. I was meant to hit record on it. And I should have left it to the wonderful professionals here at the podcast studios. But I said I knew what I was doing. Turns out I didn't. And so it's an audio-only pod this week. Back to video um, next week or on Friday if you join the Patreon. Um, but just in case you think this is weird, why is he talking like he's just gesticulating with his hands? It's because I thought there was a video recording the whole time. Anyway, still a very fun pod. Love you lots. All the best. Enjoy. All right, how are you getting on? The Queen is officially dead. The Queen is officially dead. Long live the King, King Charles. The dog. Mm, didn't think I was going there. He's a dog. Uh, if you don't want me to call... Sorry, excuse me. Sorry. If you don't want me to call King Charles a dog, then change the name of the dog. He's a spaniel. The spaniel and the Queen consort were in... You know, I call Camilla the well. Everyone calls her the consort, but um, I tell you, she is an absolute consort. That bird, Camilla, is an absolute consort. The queen consort, Diana would have been an absolute consort. God rest her. Um, but yeah, the dog, he's a dog. Hey, I don't know who got the bigger ears, the goddamn uh, king of England, King Charles, or the cavalier uh, spaniel. <laughs> I can't even tell who has the longer ears of the dog or the man who's in the monarchy. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. But let me tell you this. When I was in Italy, I made a hilarious joke. There was a woman petting a dog. And she was like saying to this Italian woman, she was English, none of my business, right? And she goes, excuse me, what was the, what was the um, species of this dog? And someone who was also English, a lot of English people over there, said, oh, it's a, a King Charles. And I said, and then I bumped in and I said, Oh, how very apt. Son of the Queen. Right? And then this fucking exploded this Elwyn's head. She was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I never thought of it like that. I never thought of it like that. That's what I do. I'm always kind of like, I'm the jester of the mind. Poof. Much more of a genie because I poof everywhere. Poof. <laughs> I never thought of it like that. Well, now I've done my bidding and blown your mind. And then again, I said to my mother-in-law, um, she was like, uh, we're talking about the Queen. And she goes, oh, yeah, King Charles. And I'm like, yeah, that's the Spaniel, I says. And she goes, ah, loved it, loved it. I think I should do more kind of humor like that. It wouldn't be my top kind of joke, but people do kind of like it. So maybe I should just do that instead of my shit. Or I'm having to bleep out every single word that I say. The language out of me sometimes. But anyway, the Queen is officially dead. My mate Jordan, you know Jordan, he uh, is from a place called Nuneaton, right, uh, in the Midlands. And when the Queen Mom, Mom, when the Queen Mom had died, they held an assembly and they had to have a minute silence. And after a minute silence, everyone there sitting on the ground in the school hall, this little kid, tiny little kid, stood up and said, The Queen Mom is officially dead. <laughs> and I, I just love that. I think that's really cute. Don't have a thing about it, but I'm not about that. I'm not about. I don't really tell joke jokes. 
I'm more like painting pictures. I'm painting pictures. I'm like fucking Monet. But um, the Queen is officially dead, guys. Um, the official Buckingham Palace terrarium is turned at half dimness. Um, um, and I, and hey, hey, guys. Um, now that uh, the Queen is dead, how about we turn off the terrarium light and give uh, reimburse the the people of Britain our few cents? It might not be much. A few cents here and there, but surely heating up a giant terrarium in Buckingham Palace to keep that lizard alive um, is worth a, a, couple, a quid or two in the pocket, in the focus of the British people. Uh, unless Charles now wants to live there, which you probably will. <laughs> but no, the Queen has gone off to the big terrarium in the sky, uh, part of the Draco constellation. Um, the Queen is a lizard. I've already said this to you. No, it is, um, oh, though I have to say, Sugar Shane Lowry, you know. I, I'm really enjoying seeing people compile the list of, of um, Irish well-wishers of the monarchy. And look, I'm not like, you know, I'm not like a staunch, I'm not, I'm no kneecap, right? I'm not posting pictures of the Green Hold of fucking AK with the British Army, you know what I mean? Um... And I'm not probably educated enough to really even know the full imperial impact of Britain on Ireland and the rest of the world, other than, you know, what my, you know, my my uncle who loves the ram might have said. My uncle who parked his car in front of the fucking bins so that they couldn't take his bins, right? That's where I get my knowledge. He's like, I'm not paying, not only am I not paying the bin tax, <laughs> I'm not moving my fucking car. <laughs> And what are you going to do, run me over in your, in your bin truck? If so, then whatever. Then I'm a martyr for the IRA, <laughs> you know? So, you know, but I would say that uh, it is funny. I did see Sugar Shane Lowry after winning that thing in the UK, uh, that golf tournament. And he's all like, just think of the Queen, what an, an incredible woman. And me and Terry were like, ah, that's a shame. That's a shame. That's a shame, you know? But, Everyone in the public eye who, you know, has to kind of save face, I get it. I do things because, you know, my mates want me to do it. You know what I mean? If you're there surrounded by a bunch of Brits and they're like, and what, what do you have to say about the Queen? You know, tremendous woman. You're like, mm, you know, I don't want to. I want to take this trophy and go home. And I don't want to get anyone upset with me. So I'll just say what you said. Tremendous woman. But I get it, right? Sometimes you have to go against your principles to kind of see what the vibe is in the room, right? Sometimes vibe is more important than your own principles, right? You're not going to have Sugar Shane Lowry going up there on Sky Sports holding the BMW logo trophy. And they're like, what you think of the Queen? We're at a funeral here. And he's like, well, I kind of wish he didn't give the British soldiers medals after Bloody Sunday. You know? He just says, ah, tremendous woman. You know? I get it, right? But he's also probably sending gas dead queen memes to all of his mates. Of course he is. If he's in a group chat, he's he's seen the you know the clip of those lads Karja tap dancing to another one bites the dust outside Buckingham Palace, right? I mean, I got sent a brilliant one by my mate John of, uh, of Prince Charles running with the money in the bank briefcase, right? It's funny. Memes are funny, but also I I'm sure if I was in a room with like six Brits. 
and I was four points deep. I'm like, no, it is though impressive, like everything she saw though. Like it is impressive. Like she literally like from Churchill to the fucking trust, you know what I mean? That's a serious legacy, you know what I mean? Shiting on, you know? And I suppose you don't really get you don't really get to decide whether you're born to the monarchy. <laughs> Whatever shite I would say. You know what I mean? Because sometimes the vibe is more important than your own principles, right? I said it all. Like, take for example, I bought myself a pair of Birkenstocks. <laughs> and I thought, I used to think Birkenstocks look fucking stupid. I used to think Birkenstocks looked a bit naff. I thought the whole concept of sandals was dumb. Socks and sandals, especially dumb, right? Yet there I am, stressing two days before I meant to fly off to Italy because my ASOS order of Birkenstocks has been delayed. And I couldn't even get the ones I wanted with two straps. I had to get a strap on the fucking heel, which I didn't like. But they were essential to my outfit. (laughs) And there I am stressing about something that a year ago I thought was dumb. And I'm getting these Birkenstocks. Why? Because all my friends have Birkenstocks. Okay? I'm after spending 110 euro on a pair of... I have sliders, and they're fine, right? I have sliders. And now I'm spending 70, 80 quid more, 90 quid more on Birkenstocks because my friends have Birkenstocks, and I want them to like me. I don't want them to leave without me on a plane somewhere or whatever emotion I'm feeling. So I got the Birkenstocks, and I also got a pedicure. I also got a pedicure so that the feet in the shoes that I don't like, that I bought to make my friends happy, but that the feet look good. Gussied up. Tarted out, right? Make my toes look nice so that everyone thinks I'm normal. They don't know how twisted I am like a freak, like a clown prince, right? They think I'm normal just like them. So I spent a fucking fortune on my feet even though it turns out I didn't need to spend that much money on the pedicure because the lady told me that my feet were very soft and that people would actually pay money to have feet resemble mine now Terry said you must be fucking joking me and how much did you tip her and I said I told her the amount and she laughed at that as well in that I gave her too much you know she was like, she was obviously fishing for a tip. And I'm like, mm, doesn't seem about right. Why would she be fishing for a tip by giving me compliments? And she's like, because well, you gave her a massive tip. And I'm like, mm. but she did say that I had wonderful feet and my feet were very soft. And I said, here's a little trick for you. Uh, do fuck all, all the time. And then your feet will be grand, right? That's what you do. Never play a sport. Never put on a football boot. Never put on a ballerina shoe. Never get up on your feet. For more than 10 minutes a day, do nothing, right? And then you can have feet. Become a professional influencer. Uh, and you can have feet just like mine. So I got all this done. And it was the biggest mistake of my life, right? Because let me tell you this. <laughs> As if I needed any more surface area for these goddamn mosquitoes, man. Oh, my God. I was like... A tart walking down the street. <laughs> Scantily clad with my feet out. I don't want to say, yeah. No one's a tart. I'm not having to go at anyone, right? But I was walking down the road and those mosquitoes were looking at my feet 
thinking, look at this grade A piece of meat right here, wolf whistling as I was going down the road, creeping down the street after me like Michael Jackson in the Way You Make Me Feel video, you know? Hey, pretty baby with those sandals on, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, walking down the road. And they went absolute fucking ham on my feet. I can't believe we just accept this mosquito problem, right? I remember listening to a radio lab. I think it's been dispelled since then. But this radio lab episode said that there it was kind of going through the history of ways that we can permanently eradicate mosquitoes. Of course, malaria is the number one issue, not my fucking itchy feet, right? But malaria is, in, you know, so they're like, how can we get rid of mosquitoes? And there was multiple ways of doing it. There was ways of genetically engineering the females so they can't reproduce. There was ways of trapping them all in these big things. And they also found that there was no, you know, environmental impact on all the mosquitoes leaving. They do not make up a massive portion of a diet for um, animals or anything like that. They're not like the bees, which we should also be getting rid of. I don't know. Look, I'm just saying mosquitoes, there's no point to them. Right? I think that's been dispelled since, or at least Terry told me it's been dispelled. Maybe if you know, you can tell me if that has been dispelled. I always forget how much of a faff it is going on sun holidays. It's a faff. Don't tell me it's not a faff because it is. I go on a sun holiday to do less. I want to just lie there and do nothing. I want to do nothing. I want to do less. <laughs> and now you're telling me I have to cover myself head to toe in a cream? Just so I don't cook up like a crispy chicken, bruv, in the sun. I'm having to douse myself in a cream. And how many times do you have to do it? Is that one? Is it once and then you're finished forever? No, you got to do it like four times a day. You have to cover yourself in sun cream like four times a day. And then when you miss a spot, your wife is all like, oh, you're getting a bit of sun there. You're not doing your job. You're actually not doing your job because I can see it on your face. You've gone red-faced. A little red nose. A little Rudolph. A liar. Because you're not covering yourself. You're a liar because I can see that you're fucking burning yourself. And that's protection from the sun. After that, there's also the issue of the invisible ghosts that fly around to absolutely ravage your skin, right? These mosquitoes, right? These bloody mosquitoes, man, right? I keep acting like I can see them so that I can be brave in front of my friends. They're like, oh, where to go? It must be over there. Oh, there's a mosquito in here. I can see it. I've never seen a mosquito. I've never seen a mosquito, right? I've pretended every single time I've seen a mosquito. I can't see them. They're too small for my eyes, okay? And I'm not changing my prescription. They're too small for my eyes, so I can't see them, right? So now I have to douse myself head to toe with a chemical, and it is a chemical. It's fucking hairspray, right? And I'm covering myself head to toe on this just so, and does it kill? Does the chemical kill the mozzies? No. It just makes you smell like absolute shite that they just go somewhere else. They smell you, and they're like, "Mm, no, I'm going to go for his son. I'm going to go for his wife instead. Right? Someone who is not smelling like shit right now. I can't believe the only defense for a microscopic fly that we can, we should be able to smack, but I can't see them, is we have to cover ourselves in shit. Right? These blood-sucking ghosts that will ravage your body with open sores. And then again, I got a red nose from not doing my other job, covering myself in sun cream. And then I have an open sore on my foot from scratching. (laughs) <laughs> and then I get in trouble for that as well. So the mozzies had me alive again. They ravaged me in the night. And they ravaged me in the day. And they were absolutely dancing the cucaracha on my feet. And the Birkenstocks seemed to make the problem even worse. The straps, it was... And then Terry later was like, you should have really got a soft leather Birkenstock. I'm like, Terry. <laughs> Terry. 
I can't. I can't. I can't have. I can't have another job that I should have done. I can't have another job that I should have done. I was meant to what? Research the quality of the leather, as well as getting stressed about whether I had the right shoes. But they made it worse, right? And they and they kept rubbing against the bites on my feet. And then I got my foot swelled up. My foot swelled up. My foot got big. I only got two of them. And I'm sitting there like Sasquatch with my big foot, right? I felt like I was like some greedy bear who just couldn't get enough honey. Oh, Bob. That I got stung by a wasp, right? Because I was greedy. And then I got stung by a I And then I genuinely got stung by a wasp. And then I got stung by a wasp. I'm sitting there with my foot up. Trying to make sure that blood isn't going to my foot because it's so big, right? And I'm holding court, trying to move on with the conversation. We're there at the big long dinner table in this mansion. I'll tell you all about that in a second, right? And out of nowhere, a hornet, but two inches long, just dive bombs, goes right behind my glasses and stings me in the eye like four times. <laughs> Stung me in the eye like four times. And my young fellow was laughing his ass off. He's like, you got stung by a wasp. <laughs> you know? And he's like, are you okay? He keeps saying, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm okay, right? And then Terry, just straight to the rescue, right, just uh, covers a napkin in balsamic vinegar because it was loads on the table. And it's pressing it against my eye, which was also stung loads, right? And it was like something about a slumdog millionaire. Literally two days before we left, her and her ma, because her whole family, they know everything about nature, right? They know everything. We were walking around in the woods one time, and I was like, I don't, I don't even know what fucking trees are, right? I don't even know what that tree is or that tree is. And the, all the kids, right, all her and her brothers started, like, listing off the amount of trees they knew. All right, so they know everything, right? And so she starts putting vinegar on it. And then it was literally two days before we left that she was having a conversation with her man about stings, just for some reason. I don't know why, because they just talk about wasps sometimes. They just talk about wasps. Ma'am, I'm going to talk about wasps now. Great, love it. Here's here's my facts about wasps. Here's my facts about wasps. So they were talking about wasps, and her ma was all like, quick, Terry, like challenging her. Quick, Terry, what do you do for a wasp sting? What do you do for a bee sting? And she goes, a bee sting, a baking soda, wasp sting, vinegar. And she was very good. And Terry was like, loving that, right? Impressed her ma and her dad. And literally, it was like two days before that happened that she was reminded of that. And she straight away with the vinegar put it on my eye. And the swelling went down. But it didn't help with my embarrassment of having a big swollen face. And my gums started getting bigger. And everyone then as well, and I'm, I'm not superstitious. Right, I'm not. I'm really not very superstitious, right? I don't really believe in good omens and bad omens or... I don't really believe in luck, right? I do a full Razor Ramon walk under the ladder if I'm ever having a ladder match, right? But when people started saying, oh, you're so unlucky, I'm like, stop that now. Stop that now. I'm not having that attached to me like unlucky, right? Because I know I had the left nut thing and then I got stung in the head by a wasp. Me getting epididymitis and getting a big massive swollen testicle, regardless of the fact that both things got big, Right? has nothing to do with a, an Italian wasp attacking me. It has nothing to do with an Italian wasp attacking me, right? But I was sitting there with little open sores in my feet and a swollen face, and all I was doing was living in a, in a mansion. It's just my, I'm just not fit for living in a massive mansions in the Italian countryside. It's just not for me, right? Just give me a duvet. Give me a jacket. Just give me a jacket, guys. Everything's too hot. They don't want us there. They don't want us there. Nature has spoken. They win. What are you going to do? Beat nature? Leave. If there's a wasp there, leave. And I was, we also then like later on, there was, they're aggressive wasps, right? It was like something out of like, some like World War II footage. The way they just fly and then there's dive bomb just going for you. 
and I'm shook. I'm shook from it, right? I'm hearing buzzing in my sleep. And I'm not even messing, kind of. I'm kind of a bit scared of everything now. <laughs> I'm kind of a bit scared of Atten. So this is my new policy, yeah? And I'm sorry if this makes me an asshole. And I'm sorry if PETA are going to come after me, right? But if it flies, it dies. If it flies, it dies. If I see Atten flying, I don't care how small. I don't care if you're a midgy. I don't care if you're a fucking Ginny Joe. You're getting smacked over by me. Right. You are getting destroyed by me. And if that means a couple of blue bottles are going to be caught in the crossfire, that's unfortunate. But everything must go. And hopefully people have, you know, grown enough wild grass that the bees can flourish. But if I see a bee, you're also going. You're also getting smashed. I'm going to get a special mallet made to kill everything I see. And the wasps are in the number one firing line. So I'm sorry, but I can't be stung again. I actually was saying to Terry, he's like, if I get stung again by something else, I'm not even messing. I am going to go home early. And I was. It's not worth it. I did everything. I did everything they told me. I covered myself in sun cream. I covered myself in DEET. And they still came for me. And they came for me at night with my son. I actually, <laughs> it stung my eye, and then it bounced out, and I knocked it away. I knocked it straight into my own flip, but luckily the, the wasp flew away. I don't want to appear like a coward like that ever again, so I just need to be confident that I am the Terminator when it comes to insects. But it was a wonderful time. <laughs> no, it was lovely. It was great. Apart from being stung so many times. But even right now, my feet, I feel like a fucking leper right now. I'm absolutely riddled with open sores. <laughs> and all I wanted was an Aperol. Right? All I wanted was a Peroni or an Aperol. And I have to deal with r open sores? And having a little mate, my young fella, run around with a big stick trying to knock vases off shelves all the time. <laughs> you know, it's great. Holidays are great. But it's also a lot of shite as well, you know, um, with the greatest respect to my young fella, who I love. But his buzz right now is trying to pick up the biggest stick he can and either lamp me over the head with it, accidentally, uh, pull an animal's tail or put a finger up his arse, right? Um, go the opposite way. And you have to encourage everything because we're from a new parenting school. All this new parenting where you have to be like, I appreciate that you want to go the opposite way. And I understand that you're frustrated that you want to walk into a large pool of water without your floaties on. I appreciate and I love the fact that you want to pour all that bubble liquid all over your hand rather than blow the fucking bubbles, right? And I love you for that. But will we do it the other way? No! Okay, I appreciate you're being a little frustrated right now. And I love you for that. I love the fact that you want to help me put this tent together by picking up the sticks and lamping me over the head with them, right? And I love you for that, but can I have the sticks so I can put up the tent? So I can just rest for like 30 seconds and put you in there with your fucking books and a snack for a second? No. That's alright. But I love him and he's great. <laughs> he's not here, Tony. Whatever! He might listen to this. But it was lovely. Do you want to see the gaff we were staying? The gaff was kind of like the gaff that uh, that Vito Corleone goes back when he's Robert De Niro to kill the lad who killed his father. You know, and he goes like, "Mi padre's nombre 
is Antonio Andolini. Slices his belly across, right across the belly. Six foot turkey, huh? Well, a raptor can slice your slice you right across the belly. I can see your belly, and uh, six foot turkey is going to come after it. Bit of Jurassic Park for you there. Anyway, so it looked like that kind of gaff. It was wonderful, you know, despite the the killer, the visible killers, and they are. Just why are we not freaking out about this? Anyway, no, it was lovely. And uh, I just find it insane as well that apps like Airbnb uh, work in such a way that you can literally, just because there is square footage available, a bunch of millennials who like Aperol can just literally take over uh, the, you know, the gaff of a count for a week. It's mad. So it was a wonderful time. Um, but look, if you're not drinking Aperol, whatever that crap is, you might want to check out the sponsor of this week's podcast, the Dublin or Irish Whiskey, baby. Oh, my God. Sponsor of this week's podcast. Go on the DLD.com where you can get a tasty Irish whiskey brewed straight out of the heart of the liberties in Dublin. They got crazy stuff over there. And what I love about them is they make an accessible, tasty whiskey and they don't take themselves so seriously. Sometimes they just think, well, we throw a lot of spices like star anise and orange peel in there and make it taste like an old fashioned. What if we age it in a bourbon cask so it has a bit of hint of sweetness. You don't normally get that from an Irish whiskey, but you can get a hint of the bourbon, hint of the wow, wow west, baby, by drinking the Dublin or Green label. Or, hey, why don't we just make it taste like a crunchy, and you can drink it after your dinner with uh, the honeycomb liqueur, Dubliner red label. They also sell it in Dunn stores, the DLD.com, the Dublin or Irish whiskey. Check them out there. But I'm going to close out this week's podcast uh, with a question. Um, I'm going to try and do some of these maybe at the end of each episode. Uh, I was actually sent a phenomenal list of questions to ponder over uh, by Ben Clifford, associate producer at a pod. And Ben, I have a list of them, and they're phenomenal, and I'll probably answer those in the next couple of episodes. But I was sent an NGL question from a Q&A pod. These are, not going to lie, questions, anonymous questions that you can send me um, on my link tree if you want to have the link. Um, and I found this interesting, and it got me thinking about this, and I don't know if this information will make anyone else think differently. But anyway, the question was from an anonymous person, did you always want kids? Now, I haven't made a very good case for it on this pod so far, but I love my son. This morning, he gave me a big hug, and he says, you make me so happy. He's two, and I made me so happy. And it's del- pure delight in all that, right? But I think sometimes people fixate on this question, did, do you want kids? And I think you're kind of backing yourself into a corner here where you're not going to get the right answer by doing this. I think people should ask each other more often, do you want to have a family? Because if someone says, do you want kids? And they're like, yes, I'd love to have kids. It's always been my dream to have a kid and have them kind of strapped to me and have this cute little thing that I kind of walk around with and, you know, feed it and look after it and have this adorable thing that I can put on my Instagram or whatever reason people want to have kids, right? And they fixate on the kid part. That doesn't last very long. Only really the first four years are the most important ages for the kid, right? So it's only going to be four years, which as I'm sure you realize now, if you're in your 20s or in your 30s, that goes by in a fucking blip, right? So it really will fly by. Kids is not really the focal point. Also, if you ask someone, do you want kids? And they say, no, I don't like the idea of that stress or giving up some of my um, independence, you know? But I love the idea of maybe bringing, uh, of teaching a kid something, of uh, being a mentor to a kid, of bringing my 17-year-old to a football match or bringing my 14-year-old to her first comic con because uh, she wants to do cosplay as fucking Sailor Moon or whatever. That whole idea of sharing my hobbies and sharing my life with adolescents as they grow older and share dinners and have the table grow and find out differences and have someone on the on the ground of whatever the biggest societal changes are, if those are things that interest you, then kids are only kids for four years. And I think the more the, 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 the better question would be, do you want to have a family? You know, kids really are a blip in the grand scheme of things. It's really just... 
what you see in the future. And I know we can just focus sometimes on what we don't have a lot of the time, which is maybe a bit more independence, a bit more time by focusing on the kids and what that means. But what we're actually gaining in the future is something far bigger. So maybe if any, if you if you're on the fence about it, maybe think more in terms of the family rather than the kids, because the kids really is a blip in the grand scheme of things. I don't know if that'll help, but I was thinking about that recently. And I do. And in answer to your question, even in starting a family, I wasn't sure. But I and I think you might be with someone that maybe is a bit of a kid themselves and you might feel like, oh, I don't really need to have another kid in this. And if that's fine and you like that, that's fine. But if you like the idea of actually not having to look after the par- person you're with and wanting to start a family with someone who kind of looks after themselves, that's also something you can do. You can also think, oh, I don't know if I want to have kids with this person, but I wouldn't mind starting a family or having a family with someone else, you know? And I think for me, I was only really looking after myself really only fixated on myself and then I met Terry and then I'm like you know what I would love to see I would love to be around seeing you as a man and I'd like to piggyback being a dad off you being a man I think that would make me very happy as a family man to see that and I've been proven right for myself so that's uh, a question that I've been uh, uh, pondering that was sent in to me anonymously you can also send them in via the link tree and I'm also going to have some questions that I'm pondering in future episodes so if you have a question like that or anything like that or even just some weird little anonymous bit of dirt you want to fling at me mate feel free um, and listen thanks very much for watching this I'm not going to lie I'm really tired but uh, the next episode I'm going to be full of beans and let me remind you something this Saturday we're having a live podcast. It's going to be me, Alison Spittle, and Shane Daniel Byrne. There's still tickets available for Vicker Street to, uh, on Saturday, the 17th of September, where we are going to be talking Moonshore Ragnarok Part 2 live. So if you have any crazy teacher stories, send them in to me. Send them in via the Instagram. You can send them in whoever you want, even via email, um, TonyCantwellComedy at gmail.com. Do send them in to me, and they'll be read out live on stage at Vicker Street. Also, if you're coming to the gig and you have a funny uh, school story maybe it's the time you went away for school your first school trip a time a teacher absolutely lost it do send them in and tickets are still available for the gig and the link is also in the description of this podcast thank you very much for listening I love you I missed you all the best bye bye it's only here we'll show.